The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. My name is Bobby Payne, and welcome to episode number 11, Forgive Us As We've Forgiven. With me today is Pastor Aaron Case, Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and Pastor Gary Singleton. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good Thank to you. be here. Good to be back. We are back. We're yeah, back. it's been a while. <laughs> Last time we were together, we had a huge audience. It's, it's kind of quiet in here this time. Yeah, it's just us. It's a little not quieter. Nice. We'll have to pump in the sound. <laughs> All right, so let's get started on today's topic, and let me just reread the title. It's Forgive Us As We've Forgiven. And so let's start off, what is forgiveness? I think simple definition would be imagine having a great debt, and when it's time for that debt to be paid and you can't, that that debt being wiped away as as if you have no, no debt at all. So think of the model prayer, Matthew six, you know, we, we pray, Jesus says, pray then like this. And in the, in the prayer, it says, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And so the idea is, you know, you have a great debt, um, that you owe to someone because of something you've done or purchased. And instead of having to pay it, it's wiped away. And we apply that obviously for the Christian, uh, with sin. So we have a debt that we owe because of our sin. And when we think about then us forgiving one another, you know, when someone's wronged you, um, can you, can you look at them and having compassion on them, forgive them, even though what would be owed to them rightfully would be just, um, what, what punishment it might be, but instead you, you offer forgiveness. That sounds like such an easy concept, right? If we think about, you know, your home loan or your car loan, you're like, yes, forgive it, please. It would be awesome. But why is forgiveness such a hard concept for us? Sure. Because I think, I think we have a warped view of what it means to have justice. Um, we, we believe many times that whenever someone sins against us, that's, that's the highest the crime goes. But in, in reality, all sin is against a holy God, first and foremost, before it's any offense to us. But yet we, we switch that order because most of us, if, I mean, if we're honest, our world circles around us. Like we love us some us. And, and the problem with that is, is everything becomes distorted. It gets out of whack. So, you know, we, we have no foundation to give forgiveness we only we only feel the hurt we only feel the wound and then we dwell on it rather than truth and then it becomes this cancerous just overtaking us and then what's sad is most of the time then we go to our our group around us you know rather than to the person and it just the cancer grows division grows 
and and all because we can't handle to suffer wrong and 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 a lot of that is natural you know i'm not saying this is this is easy forgiveness is is very difficult and and i and i hope that this podcast episode will be a blessing to folks because i know all of us in many ways have not only wronged people in terrible ways i'm sure um but we've had that we've been victims of areas where if we went and told our story someone would be like yes you're justified in being mad i i can't believe what has been done to you but hopefully today we can build a case um, for a biblical reaction to when we've been wronged and also not only so we can find freedom in our lives but also so we can provide wise counsel to those who are struggling with forgiveness yeah and i I think for forgiveness kind of like what you said there pastor is why it's such a hard thing to do is forgiveness doesn't mean you aren't upset for what's been done to you. It kind of needs that to be the case. I mean, because something has happened that's wrong and, I mean, harmful. It hurts. And so when when that's there, yeah, what's what's easier to do? It's usually easier to either get alone, distance yourself from the person that's wronged you, um, find that group of people that's going to say, you know, yeah, you're right. You, you know, you should, you know, get them it's back. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All it's going to be is nothing that ever leads to uh, reconciliation and hope and, uh, and peace. And so we aren't saying that, uh, forgiveness is only possible and, uh, and able to happen when things are, you know, just a little tough, it's like even the hard things, this is where forgiveness is really important. And this, this takes a process. This isn't something that we're claiming to be great at. We all struggle with it, but it takes this level of humility and mm-hmm. removal of pride to properly forgive. Amen. For sure. Amen. Yeah. And uh, when I was researching forgiveness, uh, the verse I came to, uh, Ephesians four thirty two says, "Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you." Mm-hmm. And I like how uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, saying, "Be kind." Before saying, "Be kind," he said, "Let all bitter bitterness," in verse thirty one, "Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor." and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Being kind to one another is being good to one another. Genuinely being good to one another. Tender-hearted. I like how uh, he says tender-hearted. It's, uh, to me, it's both being humble and empathetic with others. Um, think about this. God, Jesus Christ, came off of his throne, came to earth as a babe, and humbled himself to be uh, one of us. How should we, how can we not humble ourselves if our Lord humbled himself to the point of coming to earth? And uh, empathetic, that means just putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Like, how would you, um, what would you have done? Um, Have you done that before? and forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That is a heavy statement. Mm-hmm. To think that we are to forgive 
each other as God has forgiven us. Think back when you were dead in your sins. The things that you did, the things that you did, you didn't even think were wrong, were, wrong, um, were absolutely wrong and putting yourself at odds with the Holy God. How can we not then forgive uh, one another if Christ forgave us? Amen. Well, I, that's normally the basis. Whenever I speak with someone about forgiveness who is struggling with it, even, even when they have had something absolutely traumatic or wicked done to them, um, what I always say, the foundation that has helped me is um, thinking about how all that Christ has done for me. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I don't value what Jesus has done for me and I don't put in place... Like, if I don't realize how much I needed his forgiveness, then it will be simple for me to be unforgiving in every area of my life. But if I have a me-central, just kind of like we started out with, if I have just a me-central life and and I feel like I deserve forgiveness, you know, it's something because I chose Jesus, Jesus has got to do all these things, then I'm going to struggle. And, And that's what I think we see a lot in the church, a lot of people who should know better. And again, as Bobby said, it's not that all of us won't struggle with it. We will. We're still in our flesh. But the fact of the matter is, is if we truly value what Jesus Christ has done for us, then that will exude in us and that will come out in all that we do. Yeah, I think specifically when we think about Ephesians 4 there, when we put forgiveness in light of it, there's two things that we need to understand. For one, you've experienced forgiveness. God in Christ Jesus has forgiven you. Amen. That's a powerful truth. I mean, mm-hmm. if we really understand who we are, just as Pastor said, if I know the, the depths of my wickedness, I mean, just go back to Ephesians 2 to understand that. Mm-hmm. And then to know what God has done to make me alive with Christ and to forgive me, to cleanse me from all unrighteousness, then that's a massive amount of forgiveness. And so then I have to also think, if I withhold forgiveness from someone, Mm. I'm essentially saying to them, your offense against me is greater than any of my offense against God. And that's a pretty heavy burden to carry there. I don't think people see that, but that is, that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I think if we flip it, I mean, what if we, what if God harbored those same feelings of anger towards us when we dishonor him, but instead he forgave us? You know, we're oftentimes the ones who harbor those feelings, who hold those grudges or whatever, and don't even consider that all of, don't even consider all the terrible things that we've done, and yet Christ died for us. God forgives us. I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't just read the the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, because it it's telling us in this set of verses to forgive, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm just going to read it really quickly. Um, I'm coming out of Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to start in verse 9. It says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And here it is, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now that's going off the assumption that you have forgiven your debtors, yeah. right? right? And so, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I like what verse 14 and 15 say here also. It says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, 
neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Do you care to expound on that a little bit? Yeah, that's pretty huge. Mm-hmm. And it sounds almost works-based salvation stuff there, right? God will forgive you if you forgive. But if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. So we're going, wait, so I have to do something in order for... I think what we need to understand is works and salvation do go hand in hand. But you need to understand what precedes this is we can forgive others their, their trespasses against us because we've first been forgiven. And then, it, and then it looks ultimately to what's happening. So basically it's saying... What Jesus is saying here is if you don't forgive, you're displaying that you've never experienced forgiveness because forgiven people forgive people. That's, that's basically what, what it's saying. So the, the, what, what we want to see here is that Jesus is showing us that in order for us to pray then like this, we need to understand that forgiveness has already happened to the community praying it. This is, this is for the church to pray. This is for the people of God to pray. To be the people of God, you have to be forgiven of your debts first. So then it's, there's like looking to this ultimate day when the kingdom of God is here on earth as it is in heaven. And so as we're looking to that day, we can kind of look around and it should be a gauge for us. I mean, I would look you know, at myself before I look to any one of you all or anyone else. So I would go... God, forgive me like I've forgiven others. And that should, like, I mean, some red flags should start going up. If, I've, if I'm holding a grudge, if, if Pastor Aaron's done something or said something to me that I haven't confronted him in love and discipline for seeking reconciliation to be a better community of faith, then I should, I should go to him and correct that and believe that God will forgive me as I've forgiven because forgiven people forgive. And that, that's kind of why we titled it the way we did. Do, do, is that what we really want? Do we want the same type of forgiveness that we've given others? And that kind of puts it back on us to say, have, have we forgiven others the way that we should? Yeah, I, I, like, I like what Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 12 and 13 oh, says. He stole, stole it right out from under me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can, hey, you can add to this, brother. But it says this, Put on then as God cho- God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. So, so just what Pastor Jonathan said, I mean, if, if we can say, as, as Gary said at the beginning, that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, we were lost, we were without hope, and God Almighty comes down and breathes life into us, brings us up to the surface from the bottom of the lake and gives us life and calls us his sons, calls us his daughters. Like we have uh, an inheritance into the beloved. He sees us as Jesus. Like, and it just, right, we could go on all day of what we have in Christ. And we're going to say, no, what you've done to me is worth holding on to then yes, not only should red flags come up, but we should be questioning our relationship with Christ at all. Exactly. Is it just simply something superficial? And, and again, I hate to beat that horse, but we're going to beat it. It's, you know, if you've simply just felt emotional one time in a church meeting or you came forward at a camp, but there was no fruit at your, in your life, if you just repeated a prayer because you, you know, you wanted to escape hell, 
but there's been no fruit in you. There's no, uh, no vision to see your need for forgiveness or to give it to others. Then you seriously need to seek and, and look for Christ and understand that you must repent and believe. And then once you have that healing forgiveness, then you're afraid to forgive others. Yeah, it, earlier in those verses in Colossians, Paul's talking about putting on a new self, like completely getting rid of your earthly self and, and seeking things above, which is where Christ is. And so you got to put to death those earthly things. That's, that's how we're going to be able to forgive is if we actually are continually doing that, pushing away our, our lust of our flesh and our desires and that anger that we're harboring so that we can forgive others the way Christ forgives us. I mean, he did all of these things knowing that we were going to dishonor him and fail him, yeah. and, he, and yet he still came. Amen. I, I was just going to say, all this is dependent upon a foundation first. So when we say, like, forgive us as we've forgiven, we know that God's first forgiven. Think about Jesus' words in Matthew 5, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. It, so... God's mercy upon us isn't dependent upon our mercy, but our mercy shown to others is dependent upon God first being merciful to us. But then we can, it's, God is giving the fellowship of the saints gauges by which are we actually in the body of Christ? Do we forgive? Are we merciful? That's good. Remember, we love. Why? Because God first loved us. There's a foundation to forgiveness, which means you've been first forgiven in Christ. So then if you don't forgive others, then you are saying, it, I mean, the the red flag should go up. Mm-hmm. Am I actually in the body of Christ? If if I can't forgive when I've been forgiven massively by God, there should be a problem because forgiveness comes from the heart of God. It, it's rooted in his compassion and love for his people. I think people go through that list, even the Beatitudes and everything, and they say, okay, this is what I must do. You know, okay, I need to be meek. I need to be humble. I need to be this. I need to be that. And it's like, no, no, no. These are the outworkings of the Spirit in your life exactly. if you are a child of God. You need to be like Jesus, and then these things yeah, come out. Yeah, stop, yeah. stop bringing the law back into it, right? You mean don't hit the checkboxes? Is that what you're saying? Well, and, I, <laughs> and I've been through that. I talked to someone who um, is really struggling in the church they were at, and, and, I, and I've grown up in this in many different ways. Um, you know, it's not about what you do, but you better do. You know what I mean? And it's like we add to our salvation, and then we're so good. We're puffed up. And, and it's just the opposite of what Ephesians says, right? We're, we're saying we're saved by grace, yes, but I also, you know, we add our part into it. And that's not the case. The fruit of the Spirit will be evident in your life if God has transformed you. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Hey, man, I, there's just something I want to add uh, real quick. Um, if Hebrews 8, verse 12, For I will be merciful t- toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. Hmm. God, once he forgives us, he's telling us he remembers our sin. He no longer remembers our sin. We, on the other hand, are not God. And I think uh, I don't want it to be mistaken that somehow if you don't forget uh, once you've forgiven somebody, that you haven't forgiven somebody. That's good, yeah. You have uh, forgiven somebody. Forgiveness allows us uh, restoration. It allows us to be good, be kind to those who have harmed us, who have uh, done wrong to us. Uh, and that's, again, fruit of the Spirit. 
inside of us that does that. Um, a couple of other things. Uh, uh, it's not um, wrong for us to want justice in some cases uh, for things that have been done to us, but it is wrong to seek justice. It is wrong to seek vengeance. Vengeance is the Lord's, not ours. He is the judge, not us. Um, and also, um, if you if someone is hurt to a point um, to where uh, they need to establish boundaries with that other person, um, you've forgiven that person, you've re restored that relationship, you have uh, um, forgiven that person, but that doesn't mean you're a doormat. That doesn't mean you get to be abused again. Um, it's okay to establish those boundaries with that other person even and forgiving them. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a whole lot in what you just said there. I mean, I, I, I know we've all heard this at a time or two or 20, but like people are like, you know, I know I've forgiven them. I thought I had, and then it just, the memory comes up again. And it's like, well, uh, no offense, but like you would have a mental condition if you didn't remember, you know, like, what do you expect? Like, that's a part of your life. And, and so when it comes up, the beauty of it, whenever that memory comes up, you, you take it back to the cross. That's, that's our privilege as Christians, not to simply dwell in it and be like, you know what, you know, I forgave and forgave. It keeps coming to my mind. You know, Satan keeps using it as a tool. So I guess I might as well let him win and let bitterness take a hold of my life. No, that's, that's not the case. Um, the beauty of what God does, as G said, there may, be, there may be implications for the sin that we commit or the sins that others commit that stay with us. Um, but if we ask forgiveness in faith, God doesn't forget as in he never remembers and he's like, oh my gosh. You know, but it's, it's in that he's not holding it against us. It's washed in Christ. It, it, we're free from that. We're not going to answer for that sin. And, and so that's, that's the beauty of what we have in Jesus. So if we, if we consistently focus on what's been given to us, like, child, if you are out there and you, you are struggling with bitterness, think about what you have in Jesus. Think about what you deserve, where you could be if it wasn't for God's grace in this very moment. Think of the blessings you have. Think of, the think of what you've done with the breath that he's given you, and yet he still loves you. Like, yeah, and scars tell a beautiful story, and that's what it's it's hard to to think about because I mean I know I know people in our church have been incredibly wronged by you know people who who are very very close to them and done some awful things, but scars do tell wonderful stories in the most powerful way. Just think about in in eternity when we are around the throne, we sing about a lamb who's slain. We, we see a, a Savior who has scars, and His scars tell us of how massively we've been forgiven. And so when we, when we think about you know, the wound, I think it was Matt Chandler who said, who preached a whole sermon, powerful sermon, press it, press the wound. The wound actually tells a little bit of a story, a powerful story of God's grace and forgiveness and redemption. And so when, when those memories come up, I thank God that we have 
a God who's in control, who tells us that we don't have to be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and uh, with thanksgiving and supplication, make make our requests known to him, and he will give us the peace that surpasses all understanding. It's going to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so when those things come, just as, as Pastor Aaron said, we continually go to the grace of God who is always there, ready to forgive us of our trespasses. And we know that he's faithful and just to forgive when we confess our sins to him. Um, and so when, when those memories arise, go to the wellspring of life that never runs dry. Amen. So as we're kind of wrapping this thing up today, um, I, I do want to read a verse here, and then I'll kind of give you guys an opportunity to chime in one last round. Uh, this comes from Psalms. It says, For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. So that kind of goes mm-hmm. with what you were saying, Johnny, mm-hmm. um, that He is the example in everything that we do and say, and every time we do these these podcasts, it, it always points back to Jesus as being the example and us striving to be more like Jesus. And here we see it again. He is the perfect example of forgiveness that we are trying to, trying to get to. Amen. 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 And I, I'd like to end with, or at least for my last comment with uh, something else that Gary said, it reminds me of when Jesus and Peter were speaking and, and Peter's like, Hey, you know, how many times I got to forgive that dude, you know, if he sins against me. He's like, you know, seven, you know, throw out seven and see if that's good enough. And the Lord is like, if he repents, you forgive him 70 times seven. And so I think it brings up something that that Gary said um, so many times. You know, one of the greatest difficulties, I think, in forgiveness is knowing the boundaries that need to be set. Because I think so many of us, you know, we'll get hurt and we're like, well, I just don't want to be hurt again. You know, it's maybe we were hurt once, but then we don't have fellowship with that person or we don't extend the gospel to that person. And then all of a sudden, like they get an ugly picture of who Jesus is when they need to see the gospel. And so as Christians, we have, we have taken on the responsibility by God's grace and what he's done in us to be people who are heartbroken I mean, if you want to do a little bit of ministry, you'll be heartbroken in a minute. People who, who, people who you have absolutely given your life for will slander you, will backbite you, will forget that you cried with them, that you were at the hospital with them, that you loved them, that you prayed for them, that you checked on them. They will forget in a heartbeat. So what do you do when that person comes back? Like we have it happen all the time. Out of nowhere, people we won't see for years will show up. What we do is we put our arms around them and we love them. We forget because what they've done against us is, is so small. We know what their greatest need is. If they never see what they've done against us, but they're reconciled to Christ, then so be it. Yeah, I, I thought of that verse too. And I loved what uh, a commentary said about it. It says in this... in rabbinic discussion the consensus was that a person be forgiven uh of a repeated sinner three times but four uh there's no forgiveness so peter's kind of going above and beyond that (laughs) seven you know like that's the number and jesus is saying uh you know seven seventy times seven so he's not saying four four hundred and ninety is the limit (laughs) 
But what he's trying to teach is that forgiveness of fellow members in this community, it cannot be possibly limited to frequency uh, or quantity. And this, this is what it says. For as the ensuing parable shows, all of them have been forgiven far more than they'll ever be able to forgive. I thought, wow, that's pretty powerful. Um, puts it into perspective. So Peter, you know, asking, trying to kind of be like, okay, I can do seven. I don't know, three's the limit, but I can do seven. Jesus is going, do it even more. Do it because you'll never be able to forgive as much as I've forgiven you. So, so we would say the solution here is to forgive as you have been forgiven. Yeah, that's that, the solution. That's, that's the solution to the question we ask at the beginning. So instead of forgive us as we've forgiven, because we're, we're not good at that, yeah. and, and we don't want that, instead it's forgive as, as you have been forgiven, as Christ has forgiven you. Remembering that God, God of this universe has forgiven you, and then you too uh, are to forgive. And that's a... Uh, like Aaron said, uh, fruit of the spirit. I mean, it's, it's easier said than done in some cases uh, to forgive. But if we remember uh, where we were when we were dead in our sins um, and the sins we committed against the Holy God, um, we then can be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave us. Amen. Guys, thank you for today. Anything else? I think we're good. Yeah. All good. right, perfect. Yeah. Pastor Aaron, will you close this in prayer, please? Well, for sure. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today thanking you for the forgiveness that we have through your Son, Lord. We thank you for extending us grace when all we deserved was justice. Lord, we, we may never understand how good you are until we're face-to-face. But Lord, we pray on this earth that we would value your forgiveness and that we would extend it to others because we are forgiven people. Lord, I pray that wounds are being healed. I pray that those who are out there who are holding on, who maybe can't even take the Lord's Supper because they won't release the trespass that's been against them, may they see what they have in you. Lord, may they value what they have in you. May they look at the cross when they see injustice. And may they understand that there is nothing that can come against us that has not already come against our Lord, that he is not wiped away. Lord, we just thank you for that grace. We thank you that, Lord, as we have been forgiven, as that grace works through us, you will be forgiven to us, Lord, and we will be forgiving people. Lord, I pray may we exude, that we may exude all of your qualities in all that we do. And Lord, as we do so imperfectly, may we run back to your cross, always holding on to the foundation that was laid in your blood, your son's blood. Lord, thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you guys again for a great discussion today. And thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you're outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.